Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Civics 101 is supported in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The Electoral College votes which occurred today reflect the fact that even in the face of a public health crisis unlike anything we've experienced in our lifetimes, people voted. They voted in record numbers. Hannah, of the many, many questions that we've received over the last few months and episodes we've made in response, there is one topic that has dominated over all the others. The Electoral College. And it's not surprising. The 2020 election, like many elections before it, brought conversations about the Electoral College to the fore. But we've already done a big ol' episode on the Electoral College for our Starter Kit series. That we did, Hannah. That we did. But before we close the book on the complicated system of how we vote for the people who vote for the president, I'd like to introduce you to Neil. My name is Neil Walter Young. I am a teacher at Lawrence High School in the Fairfield, Maine. Go Bulldogs! Neil is a member of our cabinet. Uh, That's a group of educators from across the country who are designing lesson plans to pair with our episodes. And he wrote me a lovely email about our Electoral College episode. He said that every year he has a lengthy, healthy debate in his class about the pros and the cons of the Electoral College system. And he wanted to share some of those points with us. Uh, Some ideas that didn't make it into that episode. And he wanted to fix something we flat out got wrong. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm Nick Capodice. I'm Hannah McCarthy. And this is an addendum to our episode on the Electoral College. We got something flat out wrong. We got to start with that. In the episode, a guest misspoke and said that Maine and Nebraska each have two congressional districts. And this is just Maine pride showing through. Even our own public radio uh, misses this one sometimes, so it's always hit. Maine has its lowly two, only two representatives in the House. Uh, Nebraska, you know, getting bigger, has three. Got it. And thus, Maine has four electoral votes and Nebraska, five. All right, what's next? The second point Neil made is that since we released the episode, there's been a 2020 Supreme Court ruling, Chiafalo v. Washington, that affects the Electoral College. Mr. Chief Justice, may it please this court. The the question in these cases is straightforward. Do the states have the power to control through law how an elector may vote? This is the case regarding faithless electors, right? Electors who vote for a candidate other than the one who won the state. Yeah. In the uh, Chiafalo ruling, what the Supreme Court said is that states can choose 
to force the hand of the electors in a number of ways. But what it makes clear is that this idea of uh, faithless electors, those can be a thing of the past. There are many states in which there is no punishment whatsoever. And even those where there is a punishment, it tends not to be more than a thousand dollar fine. And if we're in a close election and someone can switch and the slap on the hand is a thousand dollars, that doesn't act as a really good bulwark against any funny business happening. So Neil is arguing that the Chiafalo ruling stops any funny business, as he put it, and could put an end to faithless electors, which would mean that electors would have to vote for the candidate who won the state, no matter what they feel. Unless the candidate died before the electoral vote. But there is still the argument to be made that the framers wanted an elector to be able to be faithless, to generally be guided by the vote of the people, but to be able to make a judgment call on who to vote for. Right. But if you're someone who's all about the popular vote, it is hard to also be someone in favor of faithless electors because they're voting against the will of the people of that state. And this brings us to our third and final point of Neil's. This is funny. I didn't realize it was like a a legitimate rebuttal (laughs) to that episode. (laughs) I hope any of the presenters on that, people who are legitimately many times more intelligent than I am. In the last episode, it made it seem that the only argument for keeping the Electoral College is that it ensures smaller states to have a say in the process. But there are really many more areas of debate and reasons um, than just about this small state idea. If we think back to the Constitutional Convention, we think of the greatest minds uh, at the time coming together to develop this new nation, and they were able to come to an agreement on beautiful solutions to many difficult problems. We see federalism, we see separation of powers. And then when they're getting to the end of deciding how to elect the president, no one likes the solution, right? It's thrown out, should it be a direct popular vote? And they're like, no, 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 this isn't going to do. Uh, what about if we give it to Congress? And they're like, no, that gets rid of separation of powers. And they end up leaving for the weekend. They leave it to a, a committee to come up with a solution. And the solution they come up with is Byzantine. It's complicated. It has all these different inner working parts And essentially what they decide is that this will be good enough because we all already know that Washington's going to be president. So whatever the kinks are in this system, they'll be worked out as time goes along. Neil pointed out to me that early on, some states like New York didn't do a vote of the people at all. The state legislature appointed electors until 1820. It wasn't until 1828 that this idea that the people's vote should influence who the electors pick for president became a national norm. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there.
Hey there, everyone. Hey, folks. The whole Civics 101 team is here in D.C. for a week. That's why you hear cars and stuff whizzing by. Uh, we are in the district to talk to the people that we talk about on a daily basis. And a lot of those people work in the executive branch. That is the largest employer in the world. And a lot of those people work in the civil service, where, after the assassination of James Garfield, it's a long story, they take an exam to make sure that they are the right person for their job. But if you run a business, and you're not the federal government, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all, but to match instead. With Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 23 hires are made on Indeed every minute, and their matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use it, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash civics. Just go to Indeed.com slash civics right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash civics. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. A lot of the discussions we have about the Electoral College today are rooted in why don't we just use the popular vote. So I think it's helpful to remind ourselves that throughout history, when do you even have a popular vote? Is it 1828 when only white males can vote? Albeit white males don't need to own land anymore at that point. Is it after we pass the 15th Amendment? The 15th Amendment, by the way, prohibits the federal government from denying a citizen's right to vote based on, quote, race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Is it after the 19th Amendment and now women are... are their right to vote is being protected against states who would deny them that right. Is it up through the 1960s, where we're talking about, again, 10% uh, of African-Americans being registered to vote in Mississippi? So when we talk about popular vote, we should understand what we mean by that term and kind of what standard we'd like to set to feel comfortable for. Uh, there has never been an election where the majority of the American people have voted for a specific candidate. Wait, what does he mean by that? Let's take 1968 as an example. On our board showing the popular vote, Hubert Humphrey is still ahead, but barely. There, each now has roughly 41 percent. Humphrey has a lead. That election, Richard Nixon versus Hubert Humphrey, had the highest turnout in modern history with 60% of eligible voters voting. Nixon won the popular vote by less than one percentage point. And we don't know how that other 40% of people would have voted. If we replace it, what are we comfortable with to ensure that if a candidate, we have five, six, seven candidates, such as think about elections in the recent past in Mexico, where you do have candidates winning with 23% of the vote, and then step back and say, what percentage of eligible voters even participated? And then you start getting down to very, very small percentages of the entire country's population. And does that still lend as much legitimacy in the eyes of voters? And that hypothetical switch 
to a popular vote system is also pretty tricky. Another thing that comes in is that the electoral system is handled at the state level, right? And this is one of the hard parts about the electoral college is it's really difficult to change one part. You kind of have to change multiple parts that come together. So if we change to a popular vote, how is that regulated through each state? Because every state does its elections a little bit differently. Who's allowed to vote? Felons being a fantastic example. Can you vote from within jail, right, as you can in the state of Maine and Vermont? Uh, Are there voter ID laws in your state? Can you have no excuse absentee ballots or do you need an excuse? So we'd have to figure out how do we ensure that the requirements in each state are the same? Giving up some power to the federal government, is that a good thing, a bad thing? I am truly grateful that Neil brought these issues up. I'm going to be up all night thinking about this. Me too. And it was especially helpful to hear from somebody who has this debate in his classroom year after year. I, I, I have no idea what the right answer is. It's, it's one of those things where I really have no clue, electoral college, good or bad. It's one of those things where you kind of get stuck in the mud a little bit where you're like, well, I know what the problems are. You know, the devil, you know, and then just enough unknowns about if we go to popular vote, uh, enough that make me nervous of what are we gonna find out um, about this after it's in place. So there's the addendum to our Electoral College episode. By the way, if you're interested in the work of the Cabinet, which is our advisory board of teachers, we're releasing their Civics 101 activities at civics101podcast.org slash lesson plans. All right. I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipped, delight in every delivery. Learn more at Shipped.com. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 